Welcome to Be Simply. This is she and I want to thank you for listening in in this moment. Today we are going to dive into fearless living and exploring what it feels like to be free. It is our natural birthright to have free will. We all have free will. However, there are these things called fears and other activities, which will be another segment, that prohibit us from fully harnessing our free will on any given moment in every single day. Now, we are here on planet Earth with about 7.2 billion people, in addition with plants and animals and a lot of different things going on. So there are a lot of conditions that we must navigate to fully understand what it means to express our free will. In addition, there's this aspect of being in right action and in integrity with self in a way that when we exercise free will and our freedom that we are mindful that there are 7.2 billion people on this planet and our actions do impact ourself and other people not only in the present moment but also in the future so today we're going to talk about how to release fear, how to face fear. We're in the season of winter in the northern hemisphere. This is a time by traditional Chinese medicine that fear is the emotion that's associated with the season. And that's nature's way of assisting us to address the biggest fear that most people have and that's death. If you look out, if you're living in a cold region of the northern hemisphere, the trees are dormant and there's potentially snow on the ground or ice or rain or colder weather and everything is just very still. It's communicating, please just let us be. Let us be right now so we can receive everything that we need to receive so that as we go into spring we have some great resources to move forward with the things that we want to uh, make headway with in our life. So. Fear. Fear is the first factor here to help us move past that obstacle into free will. So you all have the power of choice at every given moment to choose what is right for you. Now what inhibits most people from moving beyond indecision into certainty is that one, they might be trying to please others, meaning that they don't want to ruffle anyone's feathers. They're unsure of themselves. They have low self-confidence or low self-esteem. Therefore, they're more apt to please people. In addition, they have fears. Some of them are completely irrational fears. And others are more overarching, very normal fear that would be in society. So the aspect of fear I've shared this in other segments, is that it has the opportunity to bring us very much into the present moment. It assists us to assess what is. And then nature's way is to say, stop, pause, don't move, and then see what's going on, and then take action. Now, most of society is very reactive, meaning that we're on demand with social media, we're on demand with emails, communications, with family members, that we don't even employ the pause in everyday living. And what happens is then when we get into this fear mode, the fight or flight mode, we don't even stop to take that pause and we might react hastily 
in a situation. We might actually put ourselves and others in danger because we don't take that natural pause. This is an interrupt that's occurred based on the on-demand society that we are all participating in willingly. So, first and foremost, <clears throat> I would love for you just to connect for a moment and do a little recapitulation of some of those overarching fears that you've had in your lifetime that really grabbed you and created either paralysis, created trauma, created a situation that you still can access. And within that fear, in that moment that perpetuated fear, I want you to also see what you did in that moment. So it may have been a traumatic event, however you took action, or maybe you paused, maybe you froze, maybe you're still replaying it over and over in your head. But I'd like you to access that moment, access what it felt like to be in that fear. And then, objectively as you access, if it's gonna cause too much trauma, then access something that's a little bit easier to digest. You know, it might have been you had a little your son or daughter was like three and they were about to run out in the street that created fear that rose up inside of you you paused and then you ran and immediately took action stopped your child from running in the street so in that example you see that oh, oh wow what could happen my child could get harmed i'm going to stop them from getting harmed and that fear the root fear is that you would be worried that they would die they would get seriously injured and that propelled you into action. So we can see within this pattern how powerful fear is. It, it commands your attention. The problem is, is if we hold on to fears that prevent us from living a free life, then we are holding ourselves hostage to ourselves, And we start to build up these fears bigger and bigger in our mind's eye. So for people that are more type A, if you know what that term means, more uh, anal retentive, very uh, linear in their thought process, very good at moving through tasks, they could face fear in a way that could become an obsessive thought and they could feel unsettled and out of control at the idea of having to face that fear. What I recommend if you're this more of this type of person, how you move through the world, is to create the action plan action plan, the rescue plan for those fears so that you know what you're going to do in worst case scenario and then we file it away. And if you're not a type A person, uh, you can do this too, however it might not play out the same way. So first we're, I'm asking you to think about a fear that really held your attention at some point in time in your life and within that fear I'm asking you to say, hey, gosh, I was so afraid this was going to happen, but it didn't. And I actually took action in this situation that circumvented uh, the worst case scenario from happening. So this is a beautiful thing about nature. Nature gives us the information of what to do. Sometimes it commands our attention in a way that we can't even imagine that we are taking such action because that's how nature is. It tells the animal kingdom. It tells the plant kingdom. It tells all of us that are part of nature what to do in that scary situation, that saber-toothed tiger moment, and how to handle fight or flight. 
Unfortunately, where we're at right now in our society is that we stay in fight or flight. Many people are constantly in fight or flight because they have unresolved trauma that they haven't made peace with. So little things are putting them into that fight or flight place, constantly in fear or anxiety and stress. And in addition, there are new things that crop up that compound that. So if we go back to what whatever was scary in that moment, I just want you to objectively see without judgment what you did. And if you took action and not the worst case scenario occurred, I want you to congratulate yourself. Wow, I see that. For those of you that can't maybe access that yet, we're going to walk you through it for future. So again, if you like are a planner and like to have things planned out, I want you to access one of your fears. What is the worst thing that could happen that you are perpetually kind of triggered about that fear? It might be a fear to be alone. It might be a fear that your children are going to die. It might be a fear of birds. It might be a fear of driving a car, whatever it might be. And so I want you to access that fear. And then I want you to ask yourself, What's the worst thing that could happen here? What's the worst thing that could happen? Now, as I recently uh, taught a group, is the, the, first, the worst, worst thing is uh, impending death of yourself or someone else. That's the worst thing that could happen. And if most everyone has some kind of resistance towards death, so that's a whole other segment too. So we're going to put death aside. So if that happens, if the worst case scenario happens, no that there are things that will arise in that moment where people, family, friends, situations will arise to help you digest that worst case scenario, help you through it, even if you're the one that passes or crosses over. So then we're going to put death aside for a moment, okay? And then, like I said, that's a whole other segment that I'll do during this, this winter time about death, how to start to make peace with your own death and how to make peace with losing other people, is then what, what is the other worst case scenario? So whatever it is, I would like you to pause this and write down, I'm afraid of birds, and this is my worst case scenario. And that makes me feel what? All right? So pause the, the segment and write this down or make a mental note about your worst fear. And then from there, I want you to ask yourself, what can I do about it? What can I do about it? What would be my plan? So write down first what's your worst case scenario with the fear that you want to address. And then I want you to ask yourself, what can I do? What can I do to assist myself if this happens, if this comes into fruition? This is your action plan. And what would that be? So as you connect with that, I want you to take a moment, pause the segment, and just write down what your action plan would be. For each one of you listening, it's going to be different. And if you don't know what your action plan should be and you need some help, feel free to email me at s at suzannetoro.com, S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-T-O-R-O.com, just the letter S like Sam or Suzanne. So. If you don't know what your action plan should be, or you need some help with it, email me, explain the fear, and then we'll figure it out together. Once you have that action plan, guess what? Ta-da! You can let it go. 
meaning that you can file that away, you know what you're going to do if the worst case scenario. So the fear still might rise up, the uncontrollable, irrational fear might rise up. But what you do in that moment is you remind yourself, okay, I have my action plan, review your action plan in your mind's eye, and then you're going to redirect your energy back towards what needs to be done. So. This is one simple way to face the fear and then keep moving forward. Now, if you have an uncontrollable fear of heights, let's say, and your action plan is your, that you're afraid if you're going to fall, and if you fall, your action plan would be to get help and call 911 and get someone to assist you if you got harmed, all those kinds of things. If that's the case, fantastic, you have your worst case scenario. However, if you want to liberate that fear and move into free will, then within that situation, that means going and being in the situation. I mean, I'm going to go and I'm going to scale a wall, a tall wall in nature, with experts, professionals. I'm going to face my fear of heights. By doing that, even if you do a little increment, say you're like, okay, I'm going to get 10 feet off the ground and I'm going to hang and suspend, and the next time I'm going to go out and I'm going to do 20 feet, 30 feet, till you get comfortable going up and down heights, or you start with hikes, going out into nature and go on a hike, not heights, versus scaling the wall immediately, go on hikes where there's a ravine, where there's ledges, again, with some people that can support you. And as you do that, breathe through it. Remind yourself you have your action plan and see yourself successfully complete that action. Once you move past that and make peace with that fear, guess what? You're free. You don't have to worry about that anymore. You could even get rid of your action plan because you're going to do what you need to do in that situation and you're free. So if you're a parent and you're afraid to send your kid to college, or you're afraid to let them go out with a friend. Again, of course, it's scary to think about worst case scenario if you're a parent and what might happen if you lose your child. But that is something that's so big to understand that there will be a support system that will help you through that process. And that to worry about that day in and day out robs your life of good quality well-being. And you are holding yourself hostage to something that may never happen. So why waste your energy on it? So that's why we focus on the key fears. And then we start to practice being at peace with those key fears. So this is what you're going to do. You're going to pause it again, the tape, the podcast, the tape. It's not like I'm from the 80s. Guess what? I grew up in the 80s. <laughs> so you're going to pause the segment and you're going to look, okay, this is, just choose one. This is my f worst fear. This is worst case scenario inside the aspect of the worst case, death. And this is my action plan. And guess what? I want to, I don't want to be afraid of this. You know? So I shared with class recently, I, I all of a sudden found out in college I was afraid of birds. All right, uncontrollable, hyperventilating, falling to the ground. I'm like, well, this is crazy. I don't really want to have this reaction every time I see a bird. So I didn't want to be held hostage to the pot potential of a bird flying at me and freaking me out. So then I got my friends when I'm in Italy where there's lots of birds, lots of pigeons, and we walked across the piazza 
and walk through all the birds. And I just had them stand on either side of me because I wanted to face my fear. What a great way. Thousands of birds flying around, all that stuff. But guess what? It was cool. After I did that, the fear was gone. I knew that I was okay, that if the worst case scenario happened, I would still be okay. <laughs> and I love birds. I love amazing, large, predatory birds. So that's the power is that you have the freedom. And then I have this whole new relationship with something that actually was causing me fear, which started from a little teeny parakeet. <laughs> now I'm like, oh, bald eagles, golden eagles, condors, all these beautiful, giant, large birds that really could potentially cause a lot of harm to me. I am in awe of and have reverence for and respect and I enjoy when they come up close to me. I, it's a gift. So that's the exciting part, what's on the other side of that fear. It's just like if you have a fear of letting your child have freedom, the other side of that is that you get to know them in a whole different way, that you give them the power of having self-reliance and teach them interdependence versus codependence. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to listen to a song. It's um, by Kataro. It's Chants from the Heart. And kure is the courage. Nature gives us the courage to take action in a moment. And nature understands that, you know, there's a lot of precarious things that can happen in nature. There is worst case scenario, worst, worst case scenario. However, nature still gives us the courage to move forward into action and to surrender to what unfolds. So as we go into this, this segment, I want you just to bring your breath into your heart center and take soft, gentle breaths in and out of your heart, welcoming yourself to face your fears, to objectively face your fears. Just bring in the voice of rational reason and, then, and let yourself see that and actually see yourself liberate beyond what you think you know. And if it feels scary, just be with that fear. Just be with the scariness. Think, wow, what would it be like if I was free of this fear in my life? How much space would free up? Because sometimes we're meeting these fears, as I mentioned it earlier on, every single day. Something's putting us into fight or flight. And we can't even get out of it. So that's why I want you just to choose one fear. This will help you as you liberate one fear to start liberating the additional fears that you might have in your life. So gently take a nice deep breath in. And then exhale out. Again, inhale. And exhale. Another one, inhale. And exhale. And just continue to follow your natural breath. Observe your breath and just welcome in a deeper understanding of that which holds you hostage to self, the unexplainable or explainable fear that you might have, and welcome yourself to let it go. Again, take a gentle breath in and out. Another one, inhale and exhale. And now gently bring your attention to observing your breath allow the sounds to wash over you as you dive in.
gently breathing in and out, bringing your awareness back to here. Now, hopefully you felt that momentum from that chance from the heart from Kataro. As mentioned, to face fear we must have courage, but kure is the heart. Be courageous from the heart to take action. And when we're no longer in fear, we're free. So one by one, whether you have one fear or many fears, outside of the big one, death, which people will say they're not afraid, but um, everyone has some grasping, again, innate in nature, this fear of going into the unknown. But beyond that, when we release these other fears, these irrational fears, we have the freedom to move through life with fluidity. So this next, next aspect, uh, before we close out the segment, is I want you to think about where would you like to be free in your life? Where would you not like to feel confined? Where do you control things? So the obvious are the really blatant fears, maybe of heights or situations or past traumas that creep up and create fears that they're going to happen again. Now the other more subtle layer of fear is control. Where do you try to control others? And this aspect of control is a way to keep ourselves feeling safe, to not go into a place that is scary because it's unknown. So these are real subtle ways that we express our fears by trying to control a situation, by trying to control one another by trying to set up a situation so that nothing will happen that we're not prepared for. So this level of fear is what placates most people with anxiety on a daily basis. This could be from the food you eat, maybe you're obsessive about having clean food and you're worried that if you have anything that's not organic, you're gonna get sick. Again, takes you down the road to what? That worst case scenario again. Maybe you're worried if your mother-in-law comes over that she's going to say the wrong thing. And if she does, then you're going to get in a fight with your partner or your husband or your girlfriend or whoever it might be. And that creates uh, tension within self and might inspire you to try to control the situation so that doesn't happen. So you don't have to, what, face that scary situation, that conflict, whatever it might be. So I want you to ask yourself, where in your life do you try to control situations, people, yourself, <laughs> and pause the segment for a moment and write down, what, what do I try to control? And then, after you determine, just choose a couple, because we all do it, and it sometimes happens inadvertently, subconsciously, all of a sudden we're trying to control something. And then... Ask yourself, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if I stop trying to control this person, this, this situation, myself? What's going to happen? Again, identify that. And then from there, ask yourself, what do I need? So, control. Who do I control? What do I try to control? What do I try to control within my own ecosystem? And... What's the worst case scenario that's going to happen if I don't have control? Give you a hint. Absolutely nothing. 
<laughs> nothing's gonna happen and if it does you have the tools to handle it and you know you're and I don't mean to giggle but there's more than likely a fear there okay so back to the original theme of the segment that you can handle it and then ask yourself what you need what do you need in that moment and it might be to feel safe it might need wow I try to control my kids because I don't want to be alone I try to control this work environment because I want to do a really good job and I'm afraid that I'm going to be out of money and I'm going to be on the streets. I try to control this situation because I'm afraid of intimacy. I try to control this situation because I was controlled as a child the same way. So just be honest with yourself as to why you're doing this and then ask yourself what you need. What do you need? So write that down. What am I trying to control? Who am I trying to control? And what's the worst thing that could happen if I don't have control? And from there, what do, you, what do I need? What do you need? Ask yourself, what do I need in those situations? It might just be reassurance. So after you've written that, click the segment back on. We're gonna have that imaginary pause. You're back with me. So now that you've determined what you're trying to control, what the worst case scenario is if you don't have control, and then you determine what you need. So let's say that worst case scenario is that you're super obsessive at work because you're afraid that if you don't do a really great job, you're gonna get fired, and if you don't have, if you get fired, you might end up being homeless, let's say. And so if that's a real fear, you know, and a, a potential scenario, then what could you do proactively? So what do you need? probably security, assurance that you're not going to get fired. Well, there's there's no assurance for any of us not to have all of a sudden our life to be turned on its head. But in that situation, what could you do? Prior to that potential incident that may not happen or more than likely won't happen, what could you do? You could create reserves, save money. So you have security so that if that does happen, you have time and space to find a job. So see how this goes? Uh, you control your partner. You want to control everything they do because why? You're afraid of being left alone. So what do you need to do? This has nothing to do with your partner. This has everything to do with you facing your fear of being alone. And what does it look like being alone? And how can you get comfortable with that? And what do you need so you don't actually feel alone? Because we're on this planet with 7.2 billion people, so you're not alone. You have the opportunity to gauge with people all the time. Just last weekend, met a lovely woman that moved down into our local neighborhood, introduced herself to uh, both of us as we were eating a meal, and ex shared where she moved from. You know, she's, she's new. She wants to make friends. She wants to assimilate and feel like she belongs. She's taking action. So again, as we went back before, fear sets in. Pause. Assess the situation then move into action or if you don't know what the action is continue to pause don't wreak havoc on your life and someone else's so it's that simple it's really that simple you identify what the fear is you and identify what you're trying to control then you identify what's the worst case scenario come up with a plan so that you can file that away and then from there ask yourself what you need instead what do you need and then face that fear. Face 
the situations where you want to control and practice what? Restraint. Don't try to control yourself and other people. Let it go. So if you want to do some deeper work on this, if you find yourself in a constant state of stress, anxiety, trying to control yourself and others, please reach out to me. I'm happy to be of assistance, help you liberate some of these things. You can also do these practices on your own. So if you go through the segment one more time, go through the exercises, practice them, and then meet those fears. And then if you have questions, please feel free to email me at s at suzannetoro.com. S like Suzanne at suzannetoro.com. Send me any feedback, questions, and if you want to work one-on-one, happy to work with you there. We're going to exit out with Extraordinary by Elisabetta because each and every one of you are extraordinary. Believe in yourself. Trust that you can liberate your fears. And then, guess what? You can live a free life. You have the opportunity to express your free will, to make choices that serve yourself in every given moment. In addition, when you express that free will, you have the opportunity to think about the world around you, to think about how this is going to impact them. Trust me that your fears impact the world in a way that's diminishing an energetic field versus building an energetic field. So if each one of us takes responsibility for what we're scared of, we are going to make the world a healthier place. If each one of us takes responsibility for that which we try to control, we are going to make the world a healthier place. So until next time, this is She signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply. Reach for me. There is a beautiful electricity. It sings and hums in our fingertips. And maybe I'm not the same as everyone else around me. Maybe I'm not to blame for all of
Draws and 